Okay, so now for our first message, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Doyle Carter, and his title is Transformed by the Renewing of Your Mind. Uh, greetings, everyone, or good afternoon. I like that better. Give me a second to set up. This week, my computer, like I told Richard, like I told Richard, my internet decided it didn't want to function, so I had to go back to old-fashioned methods to get some things. Okay, for the janitor's sake, I'm going to throw that on the floor. There. And yes, I didn't think about daylight savings time until he said something about it. Luckily, all, most of my devices, except for one clock, is going to change automatically because it's all connected to the web in some form or another or has an automatic system there. Go, set up. I had to plagiarize from Paul. That's what I did here when I did the title. It's transform, transformed by the renewing of your mind. This, the, there's a, a Greek person once said, a Greek philosopher, said the only thing that is constant is change. And when you think about it, it's true. And what's driven me to think about this? Well, one is a selfish thought. As many of you know, I get another digit under my belt this month sometimes, so it gave me a chance to think about that one a minute. And I get teased at work and, and my dad's. And I'm not old yet, but I'm heading that way. But I know that I, as I reflect on my past, it is definitely true. Change is constant. It's always there. You know, the world changes. Like I said, I'm bringing up my little toy up here. I would never have had that 25 years ago. I'm modernizing. And it is funny how what we think as we get older. Because I brought up a prop. I used to, re when I was 12 years old, I really loved a TV, certain groups of TV shows. And I decided I'd revisit it for the fun of it. And this one, because of birthday, I decided to revisit because I get tired of our TV shows. It was the challenge of the Super Friends. The only drawback is I looked, watched it and realized how simplistic it was. The good guys are always good, never make a mistake. They're always, you know, Superman's always, well, we did, you know. And, the bad guys are always bad. There's no good. They don't hardly do anything good. It's just too simplistic. I had to shut my brain off, basically. I think it was my joke with my coworker. I had to shut off my logic system and just enjoy it like I would have if I was a kid. Because I see the world different. And part of this comes from a conversation with a man who was in United named Mr. Hopper. I'll just get his first name out. You know who he is? You know who he is. He looked at his TV show as well. I was talking to him. And he, was, he said, well, what did you watch? He said... Have gun rule travel. He goes back even further than me. I'm talking about something that's 1970-something. He goes back to 1950s and 60s. He's probably many of yours age. But he was talking about how the plots... Oh, I got a chuckle out of that. <laughs> Am I going to hear about that one afterwards? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he remembers watching like Have Gun Will Travel, The Rifleman, shows like that. Now that he's had... At least think he had four children. He's been married to the same lady for many, many, for up to 40 years. And he looks back and when he watches it, the same comment came out of him. He said, this, this is too simple. Life is more complicated. When you watch him, it's like in that 30-minute show, it just gives you a life lesson and it's done. It doesn't work that way. 
It's like the silly politician I heard about when they were trying to get somebody elected into the Supreme Court or something saying that one, the person who was doing it ate glue in kindergarten. I'm like, really? I probably ate crayons. That's what I remember. Do what I eat a crayon now? No, I've changed. I've grew up. I've gone a little different. I've transformed into a different person in a sense. And Paul expresses this too. He expresses the same general concept about life in 1 Corinthians 13.11. And I shouldn't have told you eight crayons. I'll probably now Lawrence or somebody will bring me crayons. Said, so you want something? No. It says in 1 Corinthians 13.11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. And that's true. As you get older, you start to put away. Like when I was watching that show, I realized it just doesn't make sense. If all these, all these events occurred with the, you know, the Legion of Doom and all this, you would see it on the news. It would be catastrophic. There you go. I got the word out. Events. It wouldn't just be, oh, well, they solved the world problems. It would be more devastating. Now, the Bible asks us to change also. But not in that sense, like, you know, when we get older, we learn things, and we start realizing life works this way and works that way. The Bible wants changes, but this time a more permanent, a more productive change. And I'm going to go into that today. You know, when the world says grow up, it means something different than what the Bible does. In Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul says to the Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he proceeds on saying, do, but do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, what is, what, okay, we're going to say that one again. That you may prove what is, that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's encouraging us not to conform to the world. And he wants us to transform. And I'm going to use a modern analogy. I like the way Matt did it with, the super, with this little uh, shield of the feast. Transform, think of like the Transformers. You know, Optimus, Plant, Optimus Prime. Tells how many times I watched the show. I don't remember everything. I remember the cartoon, but that's it. Where he'd land on Earth and he looks like this foreign robot. And he transforms himself after, I, I think in the scene, he, he sees a Mack truck go by and he scans it and he transforms himself into that truck. So he can blend in. Blend in. And that's what the word means. I look at the Greek and that's all it really means. To transform dramatically. And as a side note, why would you want to conform to the, the world anyway? Look at the news. I mean, we've, uh, people do not behave in a proper manner. I mean, if you look at it, why would I want to conform to the world anyway? I mean, this week alone, you've seen kids pick choices of who they want to dress up with as, I was lucky, I didn't have the trick-or-treat trick issue as I thought I would in the apartment. I guess it was too cold and wet. I got lucked out. I, I actually tried to delay going to work, going to work, uh, home, and it turned out I couldn't. So I just went home and was saying, please, nobody knock on my door. And no one did. I lucked out. 
But, you know, the characters they pick are just, anyway. Now, Peter actually addresses this as well. In 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, Peter is addresses it, writes, Therefore, gird up the loin of your mind, be sober, rest in your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the, the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he calls you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because in, it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. So we're to be obedient children, and we're to be, have good conduct. I'll tell you one of my transformations. I thought about it the other day. How I, Lucille will probably have a kick out of this story. She's known me for a long time. When I entered the church at 19... I heard law in the church, okay? And I thought of laws like, okay, you do not do, it's like, don't touch this. And I didn't think of it as a, a, a learning lesson. I just thought God just told us to, to teach us to obey. As I got older, and the more I started learning and applying what I know, it turns out I realized God had a purpose. He just, just, just didn't want to hear himself speak just to see if we'd do it. He actually wanted something he wanted something like the Sabbath. You could see the Sabbath as a very productive thing. Example, this came from yesterday. They want us to work Friday, late Friday night and Saturday, which I, they didn't ask me good. Lucky me. I'm glad because I would have been saying no. But they were in panic over something going on. We're not going to say it. It's work-related. But the point is, everybody else was almost acting like I was, like it was instinctive, like they need to stop one day because if we didn't stop, See, I thought the Sabbath was just a rule to say, when I was 18. was Well, God just wants to test us. That's it. That's all. He just wants to see if we'd obey him. It turns out our bodies do need a day of rest, ironically. And it's been clinically proven that if we don't rest one day, it can kill us even quicker, unfortunately. And so I'm finding out the law has spiritual meanings. Because somebody told me about the, the Sermon on the Mount of Olives. And he said, read that. And he went, oh, yeah. You hate your brother. It just goes on and on. But you transform those ideas to better ideas. You realize what it means over time. You're renewing. Which explains why, like in uh, David says, the law of the law of the let's see. Oh, of course I typed it and can't type it right. Anyway, he says, Oh how I, I love thy law. He talks about meditating it daily, how it made him better. Because you start realizing it's not physical. It doesn't go physical, it can go spiritual. That's my overall point in that. But, but remember what it said in here. It said to be holy in all your conduct. That's a tall order. I can say that because I'm going to use yesterday's example. I was getting frustrated. Instead of just telling them, we just have the gumption to go, hey, boss, I've got to leave at 5. You know, it's just the way it's going to have to be because when daylight saving time hits on Friday, it's 5 o'clock. I got frustrated because I didn't know how to, it's like, instead of taking more confidence. And that's unnecessary. I almost thought things I shouldn't. And 
that's the problem. Every day we mess up. We do something that doesn't quite go right. We're not holy in any way. But we got help. I smile because we got help. We're gonna, I'm going to show at least one verse. There's multiple verses on it. Go to, I would like everybody to go to Hebrews 4. We're not alone is what I more likely would say. Hebrews 4. 14 through 16. We're not alone in this, and this is wonderful, because the law doesn't save us. I understand that. This is a disclaimer. I didn't mean it that way when I was talking about the law. I just mean it, I didn't understand the purpose of it fully, and I still maybe not understand the full purpose, but at least I understand the basics of what goes on. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, we have a helper. So when we foul up, we mess up, and we don't make the bar, it says, Paul wrote to the Hebrews saying, See then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold our confession. For we do not have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in times a time of need. We have Christ as our high priest. We can strive and we can try to renew, but we need Christ. And when we mess up or things go wrong, we can go to him and find grace and mercy and support. He's like our hero. I was talking to someone about that, which will be my next message. We'll go into that later. But he's like a hero or a mentor, someone we look up to. In, in, in Colossians, we get a little more information on this. I'm still trying to figure out my iPad. In Colossians 2, and we'll just read down to near around 11 give or take. Paul wrote to the Colossians saying that this, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you die, your death died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our, our life appears, then we shall also will appear with him. That's a great promise right there alone. We will appear with him. And then he continues on. Therefore, put, put to death the, your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, because these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. Now, but now, you yourself are to put off all these. And he gives us a list. Anger, like I tried to get yesterday. You know, when I got irritated, when I just should have been straightforward with the boss and said, hey, and she knew it anyway. Anger, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie 
to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him when there is, and we'll just drop that part, but, and on and on. But basically you see what we need. Well, first off, our lives are hidden in Christ. That should give us comfort. He was perfect. He's our high priest. And we're to put off things like anger, lust, and so forth. The world don't seem to want to teach us that. You watch movies and TVs, it's not what they teach. You know, you always hear somebody wants to take vengeance or something like that. You know, there's... But basically, the bottom line is Christ is our helper. And if we start putting off the, the behaviors we shouldn't have, like anger, you know, the evil desires, removing things. I was talking to someone, Maxine, in the back. I shouldn't use names. We were talking about, like, Halloween. There's churches who have not conformed or have not transformed to Christ. They would rather have their Halloween. I'll try and put them down. I'm sure the church people are great, but they they have conformed because they're willing to justify the idea of Halloween by having it in their church. Which this kind of blows my mind considering the origin of it. And that's just like, wow. And in our lives, we must compromise too, I'm sure. And we just don't know it. And but we need not to do that. And the world is definitely attempting to break us down on a continuous basis through TV. You watch, you get mad at things. Or maybe just in our personal life, Satan pokes at some of our little weaknesses, whatever they may be, you know, whether you have a... You get irritated driving. I always joke about that. I don't get as angry anymore. I kind of start breaking it, but, you know, get mad at the car in front of you. Come on. When in reality, it doesn't matter. The extra two minutes didn't make any difference anyway in reality. And we must resist with the assistance of Jesus Christ and God the Father. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 17 through, well, let's say, we'll just go as far as we need here. And I'll mean the whole chapter. Don't worry. When that yellow light comes on, I have to get down, or else I, I think there's a trap door under here or something. I don't know. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, it says, good. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness in their heart, who being, who being, being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to working all uncleanliness with greed. And you do see that in the world because they, their darkness does cause a lot of trouble. Like I said, I think somebody was talking about a, we have shootings, things like that. And then not just that, it's just little stuff. As we continue, it says in verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, 
which grew corrupt according to the deception. The let me start over. I told you it's been a long week at work today. <laughs> we'll start over on verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deception, the, the, the oh, deceitfulness. I can't seem to say that. Of lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we're called to be renewed. And, to, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We're to renew. And you say, how? Well, I mean, it, it, says, it says in here, according to God. Well, how do you do that? Well, you read, like I said, you start reading the Bible. You start, you start meditating. You start prayer. You start, when you've got time, you start emulating what you've actually heard. Take the law. Like I said, when I, I, I didn't understand the law, and I'm, no kids, good. On adultery, I clinically understood how it was harmful. But once I grew older and observed my surroundings, it didn't just hurt the parents. That was my first thought when I was 18. I didn't know the difference. I realized it hurts the children. It hurts everyone else around. And it hurts society. It, it was a growing experience. And in this renewing, I realized these laws weren't good. They just they weren't there. They were for our benefit, to be better people, to become more holy, more better. On that, my final verse, I keep saying Christ because I'm going to tell you from Colossians 3, Paul writes in verse 16, Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 16, I think this is a very good one to end with. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So we're to let the word of, God, word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and so forth. So that would involve study, because how else do you get to learn? I mean, like I, I do great courses right now. And how else are you supposed to learn? If you don't go out there and try to actively learn, you won't learn. I figured that out, because I actually, I'm studying various topics from the great courses and avoiding the ones I don't like. But basically, like um, Gothic, not Gothic, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it was a certain religious belief that they were talking about in the Bible. Now with that course, I actually understand what, they, what Paul and all them had to deal with. And you have to study. But did you note, it says something in here I thought was very interesting. And it says, admonishing one another. Christ isn't our only helper. He's the best helper you got. But you've got other helpers. We're in Hebrews, this is a reference. Brian doesn't have to go to it, but for your notes. In Hebrews 3.13. You know, Paul encourages the Hebrews in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We don't just have Christ. So in my conclusion, we don't just have Christ. We also have each other. When things go awry or doesn't go quite right, 
you know, I'm sure any of us here online or whatever could go to their church and go to someone and say, hey, I got this problem, pull them over. And if this requires a cry on the shoulder or some advice or whatever, you would be willing to help. You're the, you're the brother and sister who's supposed to help. And that's what's expected. So in conclusion, we are called by, in Romans that we, what Paul wrote, he said, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, and so forth. And in doing so, you would have to, you, in this transformation, you would need to do, you need, the basic idea, the principle is to do Bible, daily Bible study, prayer, meditation, take time to think. I know the world can, makes us busy, like this week I didn't have a lot of time, but we should try to make time to meditate, internalize what we read, realize that there's more a lot of times, God doesn't just speak to us to hear his own voice when he said it, there's a meaning, there's something there, internalize it, let it renew you. Putting off, like anger and the, the wickedness in your life, whatever it may be, whether it's small, like, like in my case, I always joked about getting mad in traffic. What difference did it make when I really thought about it? I could either have a choice of getting home safely and drive safe, or get mad and risk getting hurt. And, and we're not alone in this journey. We have Jesus Christ as our example, as one. We, have, we even have each other who can support each other. We can encourage each other. And again, as Paul said, do not conform to this world, but can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because we know this is a lifelong process, like children, like I was telling you about my TV show. You know, you, it, I, that was what, I don't know how many years ago, and I'm not going to tell you, that ends the problem right there. But it was many, 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 many years ago. And over time, I tra I'm being transformed, more like Christ, and transformed in my thinking. And it's the same with you all. I'm sure you can reflect back on it and go, yeah, I don't think like I used to. And you're right. And basically, and, you know, and, and it's all worth it because, as it said in one place, we will see Christ in the resurrection if we just transform our minds in a Christ-like mind. So I encourage you to continue to read the Bible, transform your thoughts toward the Bible, and, and meditate on what you learn and apply it to your life. And as it's my title said, renew, renew your mind.